Well, 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 we almost <laughs> did have a Paul Reed victory tour. Mm -hmm. I think we're still having a Paul Reed victory <laughs> tour, quite frankly. It wasn't quite meant to be. We didn't know what we were going to be talking about when we came into the studio. Obviously, Joel Embiid was a late scratch, as was half of the Sixers team, including 80% of their starting lineup. Traveling to Denver for a much-anticipated, what we thought was going to be a letdown matchup against these two, quote-unquote, juggernauts. How you doing, Kyle? That was fun. Derek, was fun. I said it to you as we were walking in. Good teams win. Great teams <laughs> yeah. cover. And that's why the Nuggets only won by six points against the Hospital Sixers tonight. <laughs> I'm just coming out the gate. Hayton, Paul Reed, excellent performance from him. You know, a lot of mm -hmm. other stuff. Do we want to talk about the game first or should we just lead with what everyone is actually talking about, which is all the Joel Denver nonsense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so obviously, Joel Embiid was a late scratch because of left knee soreness. Uh, you also had Maxi out with a left ankle sprain, Tobias Harris out with an illness, Anthony Melton still out with the back, Robert Covington still out with the bone bruise in his knee, Mobamba, we can throw him in there as well. He was out with right knee inflammation. That's four starters, six key players total. The one that everyone cares about is Joel Embiid and that knee. This is now the second stint of games that he will have missed because of that. He had a, a came back for, was he back for one game, two games? I feel like I should know it off the top of my all head. Right, yeah. Certainly so came all back the for games at least blend a game. together at this <laughs> yes. point. But he's now back out. Uh, he wasn't even on the injury report earlier on in the day. Went through his, his pregame shoot around uh the training staff flagged him said no we don't think you should play he was a late scratch now the fourth straight game that Embiid has missed in Denver again one of them was uh, by COVID. the way you, you will never be able to forget that because the, the Denver people you, apparently yeah. have it tattooed on their forearms they have <laughs> yeah. they have years old but wanted yes. posters that they forgot to update before coming today i made a joke on twitter i was like listen this guy have like a stack of papers in his house that it's just been sitting there waiting for the next denver sixers matchup i don't know but but yeah uh, 2019 last time they played Derek. i'm not sure if you've heard this this is big developing news yep. that nobody knows about so this is concerning to me. Like, I, I know we're going to have fun talking about Paul Reed and have a little bit of a victory tour afterwards. Um, but he, you know, he, he misses those three games. He comes back. He plays a couple games. Misses, a, misses now another one. Um, Melton really concerns me. Like, that back, the fact that it has flared up here for the second year in a row. Those are just two really key players right now. And you're coming in here with, and obviously, Maxi missed the game as well. But those two injuries specifically concern me. Uh, Embiid's more than anything. He's now, I think he can miss six more games before he's out of the running for MVP. Uh, so that's not really a concern, but just stating that as a fact. Um, yeah, that was that was a, a, a pretty bad bomb to drop right before the game. Yeah, listen, here's what I would say. As I say a billion times on this podcast, I never get into, is this guy hurt? Is he not? Like, I'm not judging people on the amounts of pain they play through or do not. The issue that was created today is strictly the fault of the team, how they handled this, how they messaged it. Like we both sat here, watched the Pacers game Thursday night, saw Joel bang knees, knew that that's a potential issue. He's already dealing with an issue. The knee swelling has, has been coming and going. Got to monitor him. He's an almost 300 pound, seven foot tall guy. This is a constant thing that you have to maintain, et cetera, et cetera. So 
we know every single day. I wake up every single day. This is very sad that I do. I wake up every single day and you and I have to wonder, well, what's going to happen with Joel today? And most of the time we show up at home games at the arena. Joel's questionable. You and I will watch him go through warmups and we say, yeah, he's going to play and he plays. And there's much ado about nothing as people are heading into the game, waiting to sit down at a bar in their homes, whatever. The Sixers essentially sending out messaging. So the reason I can say the Sixers and not team sources or whatever, Ramona Shelburne Friday night says a team official told her directly, Joel is not going to be listed. He is going to play in Denver about hour, hour and a half before the game, which admittedly is before Joel goes through his warmups. Up to that point, there is no appearance from Joel on the injury report. And then we get five minutes, was it like five, 10 minutes before it should have tipped off, but obviously ESPN game, it's 15 to 20 minutes after. 5.25 or so, the Woj tweet gets sent out. Hey, per a source, Joel Embiid is out tonight. And he will get absolutely crushed by thousands upon thousands of people because they simply did not say he's questionable. He's got a knee. Yep. And like that, that's an organizational failure for that to happen. We could sit here and go through like, should Joel have played in that game regardless? Like I didn't, the arguments I was seeing from people who were suggesting things like, oh, well, they're going to lose anyway. Like that stuff's bullshit, man. Like the game we watched today shows you exactly that, that it's BS. Like line it up, do your best to try to win. That's the point of sports. So I'm not hearing that part of it. The actual injury stuff, fine. But the team who knows him and his health better than anyone cannot put him in this position where, like, look, they'll tell you they don't care or that he doesn't care. It's all narratives. It's all Denver people, whatever. Like, of course he's going to care. This guy's going to get absolutely destroyed Moving forward, probably for the rest of the year, no matter what he does, he could appear in every single game the rest of the season. There's going to continue to be this disingenuous conversation around him. And they could have protected him at least a little bit and did not. And I thought that was a massive failure on the part of the team. Yeah, And it was Miles Turner he banged these with, right? Uh, I believe I, it was a Pacers play. I, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was. and that was the last game. When I yeah. when I said one game, I meant one game ago when he banged the knees. Not that he only returned for one game because he came back for six. Um, but yeah, pretty sure it was Miles Turner the last game on Thursday. Um, no, to your point. First of all, Embiid's dominated the Nuggets the last two times they played. Obviously, both right. In so Philly, the ducking shit's like, ridiculous. He had like the forty-one seven and ten the last game. He had like forty-eight and fifteen two weeks the last ago. time. He's not <laughs> ducking Aaron Gordon, and that's who he's been defending, defended by a lot, and that's who he's been defending. No, that doesn't make sense. And also, now he's six games away from the MVP, like losing eligibility on MVP, which yes, he cares about. As I don't begrudge him for it all. He's not going to miss a game. It's just insanity to think that he is sitting here going, "Oh no." Heaven forbid I play in Denver against Aaron Gordon and that front court. Like, no, there's no way the guy who's been tearing through the league is worried about that. Again, we go back. Now he's missed four straight games in Denver. Um, one of them was COVID. Another one was a major knee injury where he missed 10 games in a row. This is something where he clearly banged knees and is suffering because of that. It is just like, it's, and look, I've been on the internet for the last seven years. Like I get it. Once you have, once you believe something, you will take any little bit of information to confirm that prior. That's the way our minds work. 
but man, you just want a championship. Like, why do you care so much about, oh man, look at this and be ducking. Just appreciate what you have. I just don't get it. I just don't. And I really don't get it from some people in the media, which we won't go too deep into, but it's like, this is just a yeah, really no, free, no toxic, free publicity no for free people publicity who are getting people, free pub otherwise. Yes. But it's just this argument. I really, and look, I give Joel credit and don't want to give the Sixers credit because they did bungle that injury reporting. But I give Joel credit for saying, look, it's not right. I'm going to get shredded because of this decision, but it's the right one to make. I am worried enough about the knee where I'm glad he made that decision and sat this one out, even if it's going to make Kyle and I, my life and everything comes back to us. <laughs> even if it's going to make our life more difficult, frankly, for the right, next here's year. Right, here's the thing. Joel, the Joel has so many people that yell at him on social media that you don't hear it at that point. We're like right at the intersection of like, there's not enough people yelling at us in any given time that you can ignore yes. quite all of it. It's like a weird, yeah. I like to your point, Derek. People are talking about both sides of their mouth on this, right? Like the whole thing is, it doesn't. Who cares? Like get it done in the playoffs. We don't give a shit. And then the second that him and the team say, okay, well we're gonna put his long term health above a regular season game yeah. in January, it becomes. Oh, this is why this guy's a loser. Blah, blah, blah. Like you can't have it both ways, right? Like either what he's doing, like the regular season doesn't matter and everything should be about the playoffs. And if that's the case, which I don't believe that that's true, he should sit if he's at all compromised, like take it a step further. Not only should he sit this game, he should sit and get any kind of procedure he needs or any kind of rehab he needs, sit at home, do nothing put his feet up on the table and say like, I, I'm just resting until I'm right. If you really believe nothing else matters except for the playoffs, that's how Joel Embiid and the Sixers should approach it. You could argue that's how they approach it today. And Joel has said out loud many times, I don't know how much I believe him on this, but that the MVP stuff doesn't matter. If it comes down to missing games, whatever, he'll miss the games. I would frankly, like I wouldn't love to see him lose out during a historic season because of games played and games played alone. But if he were to make that choice and say, I don't give a shit about this stuff and I'm aiming at a title, then that you can't then criticize him twice in yeah. both directions because of that. Like I just, I don't understand what people want from him. And in before someone says for him to play in Denver, but like broadly, I don't understand what people expect from this guy. Well, if when he plays, he is wiping the floor with people and then it's like, well, it doesn't matter because it's not the playoffs. And then he prioritizes the playoffs and it's like, well, screw him anyway. And in before somebody says to be healthy and it's like, uh, <laughs> there's so much anger from Philly fans too about it. It's like, look, I'm frustrated by his constant inavailability. Like we all get it. We all want him to be healthy for the playoffs, but it's not like it's his fault. You and I would rather watch the Sixers yes. with everyone healthy than with Absolutely. guys sitting out in street clothes. I don't understand people getting angry about injuries. You get angry because they, or you get angered because they happen, not angry because somebody got injured. It's weird. weird. Well, people really didn't like the questions I asked on Twitter. The Denver no, you're, people, apparently. You're, you're a little spicy. <laughs> a little spicy. Well, listen, man, like, it's, this is the point that we've gotten to, right? Like nothing can be a conversation about basketball. Like I tweeted about, we're going to get to Paul Reed and his game and everybody else's in a second. I was being positive about, in a snarky way, but being positive about Paul Reed who's having a really good game against a guy that we will all sit here as residents of Philadelphia and say, 
Jokic is one of the best basketball players on earth, if not perhaps the best one. Certainly the reigning finals MVP, all that deserves all the respect in the world. Paul Reed was busting his ass in the first half because Jokic was sleepwalking through the half. And I point that out, and you have all these Denver people who are coming at me like, oh, the, you guys care about this and not the Lario, and this is why Philly fans are losers, which, number one, I'm not a fan anyway. But also, like, buddy, we are watching this game right now. We are not playing hypothetical, theoretical games in April, May, and June. Right now, as I sit here and spend my two and a half hours on this basketball game on a Saturday night as I live and breathe, Paul Reed is handing Nikola Jokic his ass. And that doesn't mean that Paul Reed is better than Nikola Jokic. It doesn't mean that the Sixers are doing anything in the playoffs or the Nuggets are for that matter. What it means is I care about the basketball I am watching in front of me. And Jokic was not trying for a good two-thirds of that game as Paul Reed killed him. So, like, nobody actually likes basketball. People just want to argue about narratives and what they think people's intentions are. Like, how about you just sit here and show some admiration and respect for, hey, look, oh, Joel Embiid ducked the Nuggets. Okay, well, the rest of those guys who were left, who play like 15, maybe 20 minutes a game every night, took it to the fucking Nuggets for like almost four quarters and played down to the wire against a team that you think is a prohibitive favorite to come out of the West. So how about that? How about you give those guys some credit for what they did tonight? I don't know, man. It's just like, why do why watch basketball if you're so concerned with everything that isn't the basketball that's happening in front of you? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, the people like to argue online. It's really boils down to that. Um, I guess we'll get to the actual players who play yeah. here uh, before, uh, you know, maybe hearing a word or two from our sponsors. Are we already up to the sponsor part yeah, of the show? Oh, right. Sponsor. I figured uh, we might as well get this in here before you get going on. Yeah, all these one Denver rants, people, so. when you come into town to not see Joel Embiid, because I guess he's going to duck the nuggets the next time, you can come and eat at Bagels & Co., who offers huge Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philadelphia. I eat bagels several days a week. Bagels & Co. offers an average of around 15 to 20 types of bagels, and they rotate seasonally. They have a Christmas-themed bagel that was delicious, worth checking out during the holiday. I don't know what they have in store. Still waiting to hear what the newest cook-up of Bagels & Co. is. But what I can tell you is if you like a cream cheese addition to your bagel, Bagels & Co. offers 30 different flavors of cream cheese that rotate throughout the year. They do theme cream cheeses for all the local sports teams, including the Sixers. I don't know if they'll make a Denver Nuggets themed, you know, duck flavored cream cheese <laughs> related to Joel and B. Maybe they'll do that if you guys come into town, but you might want to stick and fly over country. We'll see. Just as important as the variety of cream cheeses is the affordability of the product at Bagels & Co. Bagels & Co. has kept their prices down so that you can be an everyday customer, not just someone who comes in for a weekend splurge. They even offer premium coffee at a superior price to most national brands and chains. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store dash locator to find the closest Bagels & Co. near you. We also want to make sure we tell you about Rocket Money because we want to make sure that you get the most out of your money and that you're not wasting money on unnecessary subscriptions. Have more money for bagels. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
You can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can cancel it with a tap and you never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. That's rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. Rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. You know what it really comes down to, Derek? The Nuggets and the people around the Nuggets, the media people in the organization, they want to matter like a real franchise so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that they're desperate to cling on to anything that gives them any extra attention. That They did everything they needed to do as an organization, right? You pluck a guy out of the second round who's one of the greatest basketball players ever. I think that's, that's an amazing achievement. You go through the trials and tribulations of, oh, Jokic is questioning the playoffs. Murray's not healthy. Can they get a third guy? Porter was, you know, obviously came to the league with injury questions. There were times they wanted to fire Mike Malone and they put it all together last season, have an incredible playoff run. Those guys deserve every piece of credit in the world and their fans want all that credit. And what they don't realize is nobody's going to give it to you ever, ever. You're not going to get it. Joel Embiid sitting out of this game is going to be talked about more than anything Nikola Jokic did in the last three weeks. Because you don't fucking matter. I say that with my goddamn chest. Anyway. <laughs> you are not the Lakers. Guys are not circling you on the schedule. I'm sorry. Doesn't matter how good your team is. I just don't get it. Like, they have everything. <laughs> like, they got their championship. They got their MVP. They got all this stuff. And yet, they're still... It's it's all... It's the little brother complex. It, yeah. They, they want to be praised more than they're getting. And, like, look. Again, this has nothing to do with the Nuggets themselves. That's an awesome team that absolutely earned everything that they got to turn like Jokic's development path and Murray persevering after the injuries, all that. Like you guys want to be someone that you're not so badly. You are not, you're not even mean enough to matter. Like Philadelphians are meaner to the Sixers and their own teams than you could ever be to Joel Embiid. And that's the funniest part about like People come at me like I'm a fan rooting for the team during the game, all these like Jamal Murray avatars, and they think they're saying something to me as if I haven't been told 15 <laughs> worse things by someone in Philadelphia in the last 10 minutes. It's, you know, keep trying, you guys. You're going to get there one day. We're getting a, a really unique version of Kyle tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you want to really, talk about really the game unique. now? Or? Uh, sure, sure. Um, so I thought like... Obviously, Paul Reed, we can start there. But Pat Bev, man, the way he started off that game, I think he had nine points and seven assists in like the first like quarter and a half of play. Uh, he was everywhere, the spirit of the team. Um, even on the glass, I thought he did a good job doing like tip outs on defensive rebounds, getting back in transition. He was just incredible. I forget who posted it, but somebody threw up a you know picture of Michael Jordan captioned with Patrick Beverly when the whole team is out. <laughs> Uh, he was should have photoshopped just, him. You know that photo of LeBron right before Game Six in Boston, where he's like complete serious face, hunched over, like yeah. it's go time. Yeah. I need somebody to like mesh Pat Bev's face in there somehow because that was the uh, <laughs> that was the attitude he came out with tonight. And I'll say this too: 
I loved seeing, I'm glad he was mic'd up more than anyone else because to see those segments during the game of Pat Bev on the sideline, like yelling at guys, barking orders, and like that attitude from him, but also the rest of the guys. And certainly it's infectious when somebody like Pat is, is like that in the huddle. That's the reason they're able to keep that game close, right? Like if you go in with a defeatist mindset, Denver just simply have more talent available. Like that's inarguable. Sure. And and to have Pat slightly in yeah, slightly to have Pat in that mode from minute one until they were unable to give anything anymore. I just thought that that was it's a big deal. And you love bringing up like he can't jump over a phone book at this point, but he somehow gets guys with that. He gets to the lane and he does the leg (laughs) and then goes back the other way. The footwork is great. He makes the flip shots. And look, he's had a couple of these now, or probably like three or four at this point, the Boston game on the road where they're shorthanded this one. I mean, he kicked the Lakers ass in that home game, although that was full roster and that was more of a coming out party, but He's stepped up in some of these shorthanded games and he's made it at least watchable. And for that, I give him, you know, the, the, all the love. a man after my all heart the right there. I just, I just didn't want to be wasting my time on a Saturday. Yeah. That's the most important no, thing. No, we definitely did not waste our time. And I was, I mean, you joked, we were going to, the never, the, 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 Ninja Turtles conversation that never gets you. We thought tonight was going <laughs> to be the night. I keep promising it. It's going to happen <laughs> one day. Um, and Pat Bev was a big reason for that. Pat Bev, Paul Reed, pick and roll, which are, is a sentence I never thought I would really say throughout the course of the season. That was real tough for them to guard. Jokic struggled to jump out to Paul Reed as a mid-range jump sh- shooter through much of the first half. Again, a sentence I never thought that I would utter. Um, they were they were real real good, um, and Paul Reed. I mean, he's making threes, including a big three. fourteen to twenty one from the <laughs> yeah. field. I thought, I mean, but the most amazing stat of the night, he played what was it forty two minutes and didn't foul out. Amazing, amazing. Never thought Paul Reed well, would accomplish of all, that task. He played forty two minutes. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, forty two. That's a guy who averages fifteen minutes a game. At altitude, played yep. 42 minutes and is still hitting shots and chasing down rebounds. And still had good energy. Like, I thought a yeah. lot of the Sixers had dead legs towards the end. Paul Reed did not. He was hustling right until the very end. Good effort on the glass. Had his moments defensively, although struggled at times as well. Denver's a real tough team for somebody like Paul. Um, anytime there is a double team, they can pay. So Paul has to defend man up uh, more than you typically would want to. Uh, just, a, I mean, a career night. What was a career high coming in? 25? Uh, his career high was I think it was 25 or 26, something like that. Yeah. Um, First so the, 30 point game as far as I, I'm Oh, aware. definitely. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, Paul was, Paul was great fun to watch and like had like, again, that mid range jumper is one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. He had it going on at night though. I man. always say he's loading up the trebuchet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, up to, I would say while we're on the Paul Reed point, I don't want to take away from him individually too much. I talked with you about it during the game, Derek. Great example of how rebounding and their rebounding issues lately have been tied almost directly to effort to watch them Mm -hmm. gang rebound and attack the glass. And like, look, Jokic still ends up with five offensive rebounds, 16 rebounds for the game. But I like had more than that. The last meeting, number one, number two, I thought there were plenty of, 50-50 50-50 type balls where Jokic had decent or good position, was 
looking like he's going to pull one down. And then it, somebody sealed him off. And a second guy would come in, whether it was Paul Reed, K.J. Martin, Kelly Oubre, Marcus Morris. These guys committed to the glass. They committed bodies to Jokic because, look, frankly, he's the biggest weapon there. Like, he's just a, an absolute load around the basket. And they did a good job of neutralizing him to some extent. A great player like him is going to make a difference one way or another. But love the rebounding approach from the team, certainly from Paul and – Look, it's a lot of it, to your point, Derek, is just <laughs> unsustainable shooting. Like nobody's expecting Paul Reed to all of a sudden be Joel as a mid-range guy or to make 50% of his threes. But I just think just like Pat, it, the relentlessness is more what I was focused on. Like, what was Paul Reed on a mid-range jump shooter coming into tonight? I, I can't imagine it was good. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy, Derek, who for – I'd say the better part of a month, month and a half, a lot of the fan base has been growing tired of. Like he's had some rough stretches, particularly when Joel missed time and he was thrust into that starting role. This is normally a spot where we're like, oh, this you see Paul's warts, right? He's overextended. To your point about foul trouble, picks up silly fouls, all that, but did absolutely everything they could ask of him tonight and Great example, by the way, uh, of why he could be a valuable playoff rotation player and not to over-index on, they got to get Andre Drummond or whoever the, the big man is. Oh, no, and Paul Reed for the past two years was a capable playoff performer. Uh, they just need to get him back to, to where he was. Um, he was shooting... 83.3% on mid-range jumpers coming into tonight. It's, 83? I, I, I haven't found the exact... Um, <laughs> the, the that totals? was coming into the it's game? It's got to be on like 15 attempts or something small like that. But yeah, it was... I will say, I mean, the baseline <laughs> jumper, he's made it a fairly consistent rate That was on 16 feet to the three-point line. That was where that zone Dude, was. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, I'll, when you're, <laughs> in, you're in the middle of your that. next rant, I will find uh I, will find I don't know. I had numbers. like one, one and a half rants in okay. me. I don't think I... Okay. But I think you're, I think you're selling yourself short. I think you'll come up with one. No, I mean, today. it depends on how punchy I get with the chat, <laughs> how many Denver people stop by because they can't stand that nobody cares about their team except for people in Denver. Um, I mean, look, like we could go down the list. Even the guys who didn't play well, which there's probably one or two of those. Everyone probably made at least one or two noteworthy plays. And mm -hmm. I like Marcus had an incredible first half. Oh, yeah. The shot went. Well, he up, I think he had like 17 in the first half. And he finished with 17 for the game, unfortunately. But he was part of why the game was close, right? Like there were stretches of that game. Like Mike Malone killed the Nuggets for their defense. And to some extent, I think that was deserved. Yeah. But there were also periods of that game where they locked in and they held Philly to, you know, a late clock shot. And Marcus Morris just bailed him out with like a mid-post fadeaway jumper. And that dried up in the second half, and that was unfortunate. But I'm not going to be mad at Marcus Morris scoring 17 points and, and not being able to go further than that. I mean, Kelly, you and I are always on the roller coaster with, and that was definitely true in this game. But had some great moments attacking, gets seven free throws, including yep. some that he earned. You know, he got Jokic after a dribble handoff at the top of the key, attacks him, draws a foul late in that game. You're helping yep. to keep it close leverage his athleticism and transition on cuts. So 
go on down the list. Like, Even D House, I thought he had some good good moments, you know, creating opportunities in transition, just really running sure. hard in the first half. Yep. And you and I were not pleased with a couple silly fouls on KJ Martin, but in fairness to KJ Martin, he's trying to front Nikola Jokic, yep. who is little bit. If you guys haven't noticed, he's much, much bigger than KJ. And so it's like, look, they lost the game and that matters, right? Like it's another add to the loss column that they can't get back. But there's basically no reason to be upset about that game unless you're one of these people who's convinced that Joel is ducking Denver, which as we already established, that's just not really how this show rolls around here. No. Um, no, I mean, it's, uh, I, 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 what did Nuggets start off with? I think it was like a 10 to 2 run and like 13 to 4 or something. Like, you thought this game was going to be a laugher. And it should have been a laugher. Murray came out really hot. Real hot. After had Pat 20. Bev had talked a lot of shit. Yep. And I was like, oh, here he comes. He's giving Pat Bev his dose of humble pie. Yeah, no, he came out. I think he had 20 in the first half. Struggled a little bit in the second half, but he was making everything in the first half. Five threes uh, in the first, like, 15 minutes of the game. Like it was early in the second quarter. He had five made threes. So he was on fire. You thought this game was going to get away from him. It should have gotten away from the Sixers. Uh, helped a little bit by the fact that the Nuggets got cold in the second half. Helped a little bit by the fact that the Nuggets couldn't make a free throw for most of the night. Um, but the Sixers played with the kind of energy that, yeah, maybe they got lucky and maybe probably should have been a 10 to 15 or 20 point loss. But they played hard enough to give themselves a chance to do something improbable. And when you look at the, I mean, they started Nicholas Batum, Morris, Paul Reed and Kelly Uber Jr. and Patrick Beverly. And they had a chance. You can't complain. And Batum didn't play well. Like no. Batum was one of the guys that I thought you could Batum say. Batum and Springer. I yep. don't really remember him doing. Oh, dude, that was at the beginning of the fourth quarter. When he was trying to do too much off the dribble, got it stripped. Got stripped. Yep. Then he probably Fouled. got away with a goal 10 yep. that he committed. And then he committed a silly foul right after that. Uh, that was, it was a rough Jaden Springer game. It was. He's really got to stop trying to do too much off the bounce. Like. Yeah. Listen, man, that's you and I advocate for for Jaden quite a bit. Making but it tough. That's that was tough. You know, it's not tough, not tough <laughs> at all. Buying tickets through the Game Time app because guys, it shouldn't be stressful to buy tickets to all your favorite events. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. As you guys have noticed, we don't have Devon with us today, so we can't make jokes about uh theater outings as a group to, to bond but devon's on a sick day so we're holding our guy he's down in the right chat, now. so i saw him i saw him chatting a little yeah. bit uh, yeah. he's he's here with us in, in spirit and in chat uh, so guys game time is the place for last minute ticket deals that we're gonna have to use with devon as soon as he's back you don't have to plan months in advance with the game time app because they have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time Guarantee means you always get the best price. You find tickets in the same section in a row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Guys, it is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for good reason. Tickets get sent directly to your phone. Never have to dig through your email to find them after you purchase. And you can get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Do you think Foco would take requests? 
We Foco? need like Foco. Yeah, we need like a. Hey, listen, they've been on the show long enough to. We need uh, like a, a Foco of Kyle with his laptop on his lap, looking in the camera and like shaking like this mid rant. I think that would sell. I think that would sell. It's more. I do more of the like one yeah, finger no, hand yeah. and yeah. Anyway, Foco is a leading manufacturer of I'd buy it. <laughs> Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. If you're going to a basketball or hockey game, you want to show off your love with team-branded friendship bracelets. Whether it's hoodies, jackets, beachwear, or even overalls, there is something for fans for almost every occasion. And Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use a promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. I want to highlight, you said there are more rants in me, so you know I might as well really just lean just into the, the bit today to before yep. we get to our super chatters and some of our lovely fans. Bree, there is a commenter named SP who says, imagine a whole chat celebrating a moral victory over the champs. Imagine coming into another stream to brag about beating Paul Reed and Patrick Beverly. SP, I want you to let's step into the imagination zone real quickly. Imagine you are a fan of the defending NBA champions playing against a team that you believe even fully healthy is irrelevant in the playoff picture or in the finals picture. And after your team with the reigning finals MVP beats that team without the reigning regular season MVP and three other starters and several other bench players, your team's performance is so uninspiring that the only thing you can think to do is troll in the chat of that said irrelevant team that you don't think matters. What do you think that says about your team and your personal feelings right now? I think you should probably talk to a therapist, but I appreciate that you've given us another live view and added some color to the chat. So thank you for stopping by from flyover country today. And none of them currently give us money. So we're not going to give you any recommendations on that anyway. Nope. Yeah. Any super chats from Denver fans? I will give you one restaurant recommendation in Philadelphia the next time you come, if you were to ever come, but only if it's a super chat. We do have some super chats from our, our people that we love, of course, that I would much rather spend time on than Denver Jokers. Anyway, uh, we have Bernard McCoy, who says, I'm not into moral victories. These L's will cost us in the end. Tough watching Maxie and Embiid smile on the bench. This NBA is different. Um, I certainly am not into moral victories as like a, it's not a substitute for actual victories. I right. don't think either of us are we sitting here We all understand saying, how the standings work, yeah. And I think you and I have sat on this show, as well as Devon and Rich, for that matter. I think we've all sat here and said, like, some of these games against bad competition matter, not because Joel scored 40 or because Tyrese did this, but because you are chasing the Milwaukee Bucks, the, the fighting Doc Rivers squad, who they played Denver, I believe, on Monday. That'll be his first game, funny enough. Every single game matters, regardless of whether it's Joel and Tyrese and Tobias or whether it's Paul, Pat, Bev, and Marcus. So I absolutely agree. It's part of the reason why, even though Derek has laid out good reasons for not trading for a flawed, let's say, sub-star, and I wouldn't even say actual star, I still kind of think I'd like them to get a better or attempt to get a better third guy 
because you're going to have to win some games without Joel Embiid. Set aside the MVP stuff. These L's in the, the standings, you can't get back. And so still think they need to make some aggressive moves between now and the deadline. think they're certainly considering those. And Bernard, we agree. Moral victories are not a substitute for actual W's. No, but you also can't, like, I'm not going to get up in arms about... You right, know, we can't get mad. Like, oh, Marcus Morris didn't do enough this game. He's Marcus Morris. Like, he was fantastic in the first half. I can't really hold it hold it against him for missing that three there at the end. It happens. It happens. There's just, there's losses to get mad about, and then there's tonight. We also have Fury, and Fury's just trying to twist the knife right now. <laughs> What's more, what would hurt more, losing to Doc in the second round, losing to the Clippers and Harden, dropping 50 in Game 7, or losing to Denver in the finals, and Joel doesn't play? It's, it's got to be Doc, right? Yes. Because <laughs> like, at least the other ones, as bad as it would be for the Sixers to get to the finals and lose to Harden after trading him, or losing to Denver, I'd see losing to Denver in the finals is like, okay, that's a, yeah, they're a back-to-back title winner at that point. There'd be nothing to hang I, your head in shame. Yes. I mean, I looking at it from a fan's perspective, I get it. Like the, the Jokic and Bede shit would be insufferable more so than it already is, but losing to doc in the second round, clearly the worst outcome there. Right. One of them, you lose in the second round again and you <laughs> lose to doc who gets to the advance of the conference finals for the first time in a decade. The other one, you make the finals and you at least show progress. You at least reach a point that you never had before. And look, as much as we might get on Denver fans, I respect the hell out of that team. 100%. If you lose to that team in the finals, you've had a damn good season. To Kyle's point, the narrative might be insufferable, but the actual basketball you get to watch, which again... Be awesome. Like the, the shame of Joel sitting... All these Jokic and B battles are great. Like they're yes. generally great games. Here's how you shut... Denver fans up, go outside, get off of Twitter. <laughs> That's it. And if you remove that from the equation, you've just had a fantastic season of basketball to watch. It's pretty easy. Yeah. I can't do it because it's our job to be online, but I would, that would be my recommendation. Yeah. I, as soon as our streams are over, that's when I say it's time to log off, right? Like help us out a little bit and then. But watch the streams. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. It's, it's all right. Davon. Our guy, Schoolboy Beats, who's in here quite often, said all that praise for Batum, and he had zero. He has So here's part of the reason why we praise Batum a lot. He's a perfect fit with Joel Embiid. Yeah. When you remove Joel Embiid, he's just an older guy who makes good passes and shoots pretty quickly. That's it. Yeah. It, it's in part because he complements your superstar almost perfectly to a T, and you've never had that really throughout Joel Embiid's career. So, yeah, he's going to have a stinker every now and then when Joe's not playing. Yeah, he probably is. That's fine. Yeah. Like if this was still like 27 year old Nick Batum, who just signed like a four year, $60 million contract, and yeah, was I'd a be, core piece. I'd be yeah. a little disappointed, but when Nick Batum is your second best starter, like, yeah, he's probably not in the right role. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to sit here and just destroy Nick Batum for a bad game, given that basically every lineup that he's been in this year, he has amplified. And when they've actually been healthy, and fielded like a, a real version of their team. Yeah. He's been great. Like I, I take your point, Davon. Like it was not good, but now they're both sat here. It's not like we pretended like, oh, threw a great entry pass or did this. Like we can all sit here and agree. Batum was bad. And that's more of where the not the moral victory thing is, but that's more of where Derek and I are at. Like bad that they lost, bad that we got a less meaningful as meaningful as regular season basketball is a less meaningful game 
But in terms of like anger level or frustration with any individual guy on the team, I, I'm not going to give yeah. a care in the world about a. So like with Marcus, right? Like Marcus couldn't hit the broad side of the barn in the second half. I'm supposed to be mad after he scored 17 points in the first half and literally kept them in the game yep. with some of his shot making. Like a role player missing shots, like I don't care. He's doing whatever he had to do out there. Batum, maybe he should have taken more than a shot, but I don't know, man. It's just it's getting worried or mad about the wrong things is what I would say, which I guess is the theme of the show since we're yeah. yelling about Joel. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I mean, yeah. Uh Batum's the least of their problems right now, just the absolute least, um, especially if you can get a third player, third high-level offensive player uh, in here. But, like, they were without Embiid, Maxi, and Harris. What's Nick Batum going to do? Um, we do I, have a Serbian flag in the chat, which, unlike like the people from Denver, one. I will not make fun of the Serbs. You people mean business, and I would love to visit your country one day. So... Let the record state that I am a big Nikola Jokic guy. Uh, sure, he's a great basketball player. Yeah, no, I'm a, <laughs> would have been my MVP, MVP two years running as well. Uh, I think we are both pretty big Jokic fans, just not a uh, not fans of some of his fans, as it turns out. Um, any other stray thoughts on people we didn't get to? I feel like we've probably hit on almost everyone here, from Ubre to Beverly to Paul Reed. Um, uh, also, oh, I, Cor- I mean, oh, we went this long. We didn't talk about Corkmaz. Oh, yeah. that three. Great. It was only the one three, but it was a <laughs> freaking killer three. That second half three was incredible, right? And he created it mostly because he dribbled himself into trouble. But man, what an <laughs> awesome three. <laughs> that was one where, so Kyle and I, our, our, our stream is usually five to 10 seconds behind, sometimes a little bit more. Yeah. We had noticed that he made the three before uh, the play happened because we were on, 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 I, happened on Twitter. To, I was posting Kyle one of my many it. tweets and I was like, Oh, pay attention. So Derek. There, Berkey's coming. You know, he, he starts a possession off. He kind of does like a flip, but rather than a traditional flip, he just goes between a bounce pass between his own legs. Uh, and then he gets it back and he's dribbling to nowhere. And the whole time you're just watching the shot clock wind down and going like, Oh my God, he actually makes us three. Like we know he makes a three because we saw the reaction online just a fantastic shot. Didn't really do much else. Couple of, of nice, if unnecessarily unnecessarily behind the back passes from Ferk. Uh, gave you nine minutes, but we had to mention that three. We couldn't go the whole show without mentioning it. Yeah, well, so here's I feel like this is the perfect game for Corkmaz. Honestly, I think they I wouldn't have minded a five more minutes of Cork. Just like the only way you were winning that game is if some crazy fucking shit happened and yeah. Ferk just going unconscious for a 10 minute run it's in the cards it'll happen one Summer out of every league Ferk re-emerges. it'll happen one out of every 20 games it's not something that you want to actually put him in a rotation all the time for but on a night like tonight where like Daniel House just isn't going to carry you through the no. finish line offensively just try weird stuff I wouldn't mind yeah. it I just love Ferk in a game like this because when it's a, a small margins game and you're actually kind of expecting the team to win all of a sudden, those crazy behind-the-back passes and the Euro steps and all that lose a little bit of the luster when you're like, all right, Ferk, rein it in a little <laughs> yeah. bit, buddy. But when it's a game where it's, you're playing with house money to a certain extent, it's like, Ferk, I want to see you... That we didn't even mention, he threw the through, but through the legs pass before oh, I the three. It. I, I mentioned like, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. I'm my brain's in like eight. No, nah, you're getting the, the right next now. rant lined up in your head. I got there, you. Listen, you don't have to. There's pay no way. There's another. You rant keep delivering unless, those rants. So you don't have to pay attention. Unless to somebody else I'm in fine. the chat. But 
Yeah. Ferk being, you know, paying homage to Magic Johnson in the middle of a game is uh, always something that I'll appreciate. So God, God bless Ferk. Love seeing him get a, a cameo in a game like this. I guess what do you what do we have coming up here after this game? Maybe. West Coast basketball, baby. Yep. By the yep. way, everyone, next week we are going starts. to be doing some late night post game shows. So I expect to see each and every one of you there, including the Denver people who they're on Mountain Time, so it'll be earlier for them. You guys three, might as well stop through. Three games in four nights: Portland, Golden State, Utah. All ten o'clock starts. I will do my best to be awake for all of them. Kind of have to be. We're doing a show. I will be at the very least in front of a microphone. I can't guarantee you how much of me will still be active. Um, but that will be a, you know, th- this is a, a real tough stretch of games. Obviously, Portland is not exactly world leader. Then again, neither thing is Golden State. Utah, oddly, might end up being the toughest game of that stretch. They've been playing much better basketball of late, uh, which I think has probably, you've, I mean, they've lost a couple here of late, but before that, they had won like 15 of the last 19 games pretty much ended the marketing speculation right there. Um, but even if none of these teams are necessarily... They were cooking earlier tonight, too. I yeah. think uh, marketing was threatening to drop 50. Oh, that game's still going, actually. But even, even if none of those teams are necessarily playing well, the fact that you're playing on the road, three and four, um, it's going to be a tough stretch, especially since we have no idea who's going to be available. You hope Tobias comes back from the illness, but Maxi and Bede... Melton, I certainly, my Melton's been ruled out, right? He was reevaluated in a week. Uh, yeah. I think he's ruled out for these next three games. So they are, uh, they're going to be shorthanded again. Yeah. Utah up by 16 on Charlotte. So okay. they're, yeah, they're, that's a, a much better team than they were earlier this season. Yep. So can't sleep on them. Golden State has been really disappointing yeah. this year, but I think generally it's been tough for the Sixers there. I would say it was weird. Like that was one of the matchups where Ben Simmons was actually like mm-hmm. really valuable. And like he, he, he played the Warriors super well. So I think in the post post Ben period, I, might I'm be a coming, little might more be coming back tomorrow, making his big return. Ah. Yeah. The other thing too, is like with the Joel knee stuff hanging over this, it's three and four Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, but it's also tonight. Monday, Tuesday yeah. is a three and four for the rest of these guys. So the the big, the key guys, the top three of the team, we would say, and Joel, Tyrese, Tobias, they got off tonight. So they only have the three and four days next week, potentially. But these role players, like Pat Bev's going to play quite a bit of minutes, I'd imagine, on Monday. Marcus Morris is going to play good minutes. Paul Reed's going to hopefully be back in the backup role, but see how he's feeling after tonight and 42 minutes. I have to say it again in Denver. That's, that's a slog. So yeah, fatigue is going to be a big factor always is on the road, especially when the games are bunched together like this and got to hope that Joel, that this is just a, even though it would be the most insufferable outcome for the discourse, you got to hope it's just a one game that he misses and then he's back for, Portland, Golden State, Utah. It is, you know, because on the one hand, I give him credit for not playing if his knee wasn't up to it. And to your point, you do absolutely want to see him only miss one game, but it really would just, for the next year's discourse, just be the most insufferable thing, but it is what we are, I think, 
certainly I am rooting for and what we should be rooting for uh, is that this goes away quickly. Um, Got that right. I want to again, I keep saying it. I in the, unlike a lot of people, I enjoy watching Joel play. So I would like for him to play as many games as possible selfishly because it's mm-hmm. better to watch when he plays when he versus when he doesn't. But opinions may vary. That is uh that is true. What do you think? We got all our super chats, right, Bree? Yeah. All right. Probably get up on out of here then. I'm I'm all ranted out unless Derek has one parting shot for You know me, Mr. Mr. Rant Mr. Rants, Mr. you know, Zen Master over here, if anything. Uh so got to say thank you, including to the Denver people who showed not up here. Not all of them. Uh, not all skip, of them. Skip Some over them. That, that third name from the bottom here if you can. Yeah, listen, I, I did take a sh- direct shot at, at one of them, so I'm probably going to have to say their name. But You really don't have to. This is your If you bit, are not you a frequent it. guest of our show, I do like to give shout outs to the people that I see as we head out the exit door for the night. So just want to say thank you to Chris B. and Mateus and redacted with two initials that are close together in the alphabet. I did make fun of you, but you don't get any free promo other than that. Just so you know, Jay of the jungle, Puppus, Barbara Carroll. We got Dom G 68, Rich P AC Phila, who he is on the war path on today. Unsurprisingly, yep. our guy, Fusi mentor, our guy, Devon, Devon. I hope you feel better, buddy. We got our super chatters, Davon furious, Bernard McCoy, I have to be like Devon and say, what up, Bernard? Because he always says that when he sees Bernard's name. We got Ivan. We got the two-minute warning. What up, Our Al? guy, Al. There we go. <laughs> Derek's here. Oh, Derek's on top of it. Forgot Calman, to get the bell. Uh, we Can't don't have the it. bell. Calaman, who's got the Serbian flag. So, like I said, you ever want to show me around Serbia? Be happy to take some advice from you as long as you give me good advice. Ishmael. We got Papas overseas. Kane. Larry K. Draw quick. All right. I think that's probably enough. I hope everybody in the chat is safe and has fun on a Saturday night. If you have not already, if you could hit that subscribe button and hit the bell icon so that you get notifications each and every time we go live. And if you hit the thumbs up button, maybe Joel Embiid will play the next time the Sixers go to Denver, but probably not, as Denver fans will tell you. And look, everyone in this chat right now, you're a fan of one of the two best basketball players in the world. Get offline, go touch some grass, (laughs) enjoy basketball. Just watch basketball and enjoy the beautiful game. You don't have to be a dweeb. (laughs) You were going to use a very different word there. Same letter. Anyway, guys, everyone give Devon a, a get well and feel better in the chat. We will be back with you Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, and we'll have two other shows as well next week. I'll see you Monday night. Derek, see you then. Y'all silly like the mayor. 